What's up, everybody? Happy Wednesday, and welcome to the first ever episode of Puck Culture, a brand new podcast from the NHL. I'm Jackie Redman, hanging out with Hartsey. Are you better known as Hartsey or Scott Hartnell? Uh, I don't know. Hartsey Hart- to your Hart- friends, Hart- probably. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know if we're on that level yet. Can I even call you Hartsey? Just, just, earned... Hart- just don't call me Hardy. Don't call you Hardy. Some, some people, you know, get nicknames or whatever. A couple people call me Hardy. It just doesn't uh, doesn't sound good. Hearts, Why don't you hearts-y. like it? I don't know. Just it's one of those it's like things. a hearty bowl of soup it's or like, like nails on a chalkboard. I don't like the name and just don't call him. So okay. Hartsey's fine. All right. Word to the wise. <laughs> don't call him Hardy. Hartsey's okay. Or Scott. What about Scotty School? Scotty School, yeah. Scotty Scott. School. All right. Scott Hartnell, uh, our co-host on the first of many, I hope, uh, podcasts. We also have a celebrity guest Coming up, we're not going to tell you who it is because we're not sure if they're going to stand us up. We're a new podcast, not a whole lot of we're street excited. cred. We're excited for Believe me when I say they are a big deal. But uh, thanks for tuning in. We appreciate you giving us a shot and taking uh, a listen to the first ever episode of Puck Culture. Make sure you tweet us, Instagram us, all the social media things using the hashtag Puck Culture with your comments, questions, concerns, all of that good stuff. But uh, let's start with you. I mean, how you, you just retired, it feels like yesterday. How's retired life? What are you doing? Retirement life is awesome. Uh, my last, <laughs> You're you like, know, I don't miss the game at all. Well, 17 years is a lot, right? True. Uh, it's a lot of training in the summers, uh, you know, a lot of pregame meals, a lot of tying your skates, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, when after the last game, game seven, we lost in uh, the second round against the Jets. Uh, my son was born 10 days later and just totally turned my world around, obviously, for the better. And just being with him every day, being with my family, there's nothing better than that. So I, I've just totally enjoyed it. Uh, I, I miss the game, certain parts of it, but sure. I just don't miss the grind. You retired at a good time in your life, right? Like, you got married a few years ago. Now you've got your first kid. What is the most surprising or maybe the weirdest thing about being a dad? Like, has that been a weird experience for you? You think you know what love is, and then you have, <laughs> then you have a kid and your heart grows immensely I guess I don't know it's just it's so amazing and just watch this little man being you know so helpless uh, in your hands and and yeah. watching him grow up and now he's walking and running into things and falling down and it's just uh, it's been incredible I'm sure it's uh entertaining every single day uh, there's something new to laugh about <laughs> or talk about but congratulations on that by the way because uh, we haven't really talked about it but what do you do what else do you do like what do you do in your spare time I play tennis um, have you always no no just the last uh, maybe my last like year of of hockey, I did that for my cardio kind of stuff, uh, you know, quick feet, things like that. So I've played four or five times a week. I haven't lifted a weight. I haven't done uh, any squats, <laughs> jumps, nothing like that. I just play tennis. So I, I should I mean, be about not getting two, on the exercise bike I should, every no, day. No, I should be like 250 the way I eat and I uh, love bread, all that kind of stuff. Right. But I play tennis, so that kind of saves me uh, not putting on the LBs. Okay, so while you're uh, playing tennis five times a week and raising a human, um, I started watching Lord of the Rings on the weekend. Uh, confession. I have never seen it before, never wanted to see it. And You're like somehow, 15 years past due. I know, but you know what? It's like, it's one of the highest grossing films of all time. I'm pretty sure. I didn't finish it. I kind of don't like Elijah Wood, which has sort of kept me away from it. But have you seen it? Is it cool? Or is oh, this like a nerdy thing that I'm doing? No, it's, it's great. It's, you know, two and a half, three hours. The, um, just the <laughs> graphics are, are unbelievable. And just the whole storyline about it, it's, it's neat. It's obviously one of the best-selling books and, and biggest grossing films, like you said. So yeah. It's, get uh, into it. I didn't finish it. I watched about half, and then I fell asleep. So How do you watch I don't half know. a movie? 
do you, how do you watch well, you half fall the movie? asleep I, I, clearly <laughs> I turned it on at the wrong time of day I don't know but uh, that's what I'm doing right now is watching Lord of the Rings so nice. if anyone out there um, well, can, if anyone out there's watched it, it's one of the I highest. You, yeah, go ahead. Can, can I tell you my confession? Okay, what's your confession? I was a little nervous, you know, for for the first podcast, uh, my first podcast, being together. Yeah. Uh, woke up this morning, uh, had a nice shower, had a coffee, uh, had all my notes in the hotel room, packed up my stuff, got in the car. Like came. first day of school, you're like ready to go. A little go. bit nervous, you know, heart's beating a little bit. Sure. Get here, um, look for my notes in the car. Rip out my bag. If you look in the back of my truck, my bag, all my clothes are everywhere. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I left my flipping notes in the hotel room. So you showed up and you don't, you didn't have any of yeah, your, your brilliant <laughs> ideas with you for not the pod. I, not that I wrote down a lot of stuff, but just to have a couple things to look down at, uh, I forgot. It, so. Well, I like that this happened. I'm a fan of winging it. I think winging it's better. Who knows what's going to happen, exactly. right? Exactly. Um, it happens. I'm mad at myself because I had planned to bring my favorite mug that says like a boss on it, and I, I forgot it. I almost don't feel like myself. So, there we go. Both uh, forgot something. I've got a plain, <laughs> bland, uh, just solid colored mug now. So that's where we're at. But uh, let's talk some hockey, shall we? Cool. Because, I love you it. know, Ovi, as he always does, just puts up four points against the Leafs last night. Absolutely rakes when he plays Toronto. Gotta love the grade eight, though. And, uh, you know, last week he sort of started a Twitter campaign for John Carlson. Obviously, Carlson's off to a ridiculous start in the NHL, especially for a defenseman. And the tweet that, or the hashtag that he used was Johnny for Norris. So he's trying to get John Carlson in the Norris conversation. I don't think he really needs any help at this point. Holy smokes, what a start uh, to the season for him. For the team, yeah. too. They're doing unreal. For sure. So the campaign has started thanks to the grade eight for John Carlson to be in the Norris conversation. So if you could, like, create a Twitter campaign for something, what, what would it be? I have, I have an you idea. You have one? I do, Can yeah. I hear yours first? Okay, yeah. So I think that Roberto Luongo needs to get into the live tweet game. Like, hashtag Lou live tweets. Like, I need Roberto Luongo on Twitter during Panthers games, Canucks games. I don't care what games. You love his humor? But he's retired. He's, he's one of the best at Twitter. And now it's like we get a tweet every few months. You want more of it. He's doing us all a disservice. We Robert, need Lou Roberto, on Twitter. If you're yes, he needs to be on Please Twitter. Please help Jackie out, people. He's so good. Do you follow <laughs> no, he, him? No, yeah, I do follow yeah. him. He, he is funny. I've giggled a few of his tweets. Um, Someone should be sponsoring that segment, like Lou Live Tweets. I beat Roberto Luongo in a um, poker tournament, Texas Hold'em, back in 2008 or 2009 at the Vegas Awards. So really? I took him down. Uh, it was a big tournament, maybe 40, 50 people, some pros from Vegas. Uh, some hockey players, and me and him were at the final table, and I took him down. Do so, you remember the hand? Uh, I had like six, eight of clubs, and I went for a flush, and I, I had the majority of the chips, so I kind of bullied him, pushed him in, I went yeah. runner, runner to catch the flush, and, and uh, took him down. So. Wow, how do you take it? Suck on that, Roberto. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how did he take the loss? Uh, I don't know. Was it, well. was it a charity tournament? It was tournament? a charity event, oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. So uh, we didn't actually get the money, but... Uh, you got the um, bragging rights, so. Oh, yeah. It's, I got a little trophy uh, uh, with a big poker chip. It's up in my uh, little wall of fame, I guess you could say. And uh, Do you ever just text him just a picture of the trophy? <laughs> I don't have his number, but uh, maybe, maybe, <laughs> sh maybe I should uh, send a Twitter out, uh, a tweet out to him, I guess. Yeah, you can tweet him just a picture of the trophy. No caption, no nothing. Like, that's it. You want to hear my hashtag? I do, of course. Bring back Willie. Bring back Willie. Justin Williams. He's got to come back for one half of a year. Oh, he's got to pull, like, the Mike Fisher. 
Like come he, back. Well, he hasn't officially season? retired. That's Mike true. Mike Fisher retired and came out of retirement. He's but just taking, like a, taking a break. This is the thing. This is the thing happening in sports. It's like a trend right now where it's like you don't officially retire, but you're not playing by choice. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of. Hashtag bring back Willie. Justin Williams, if you're listening, let's go. Get back in there. I like that. He's uh, what he did in Carolina last year with the whole celebrations at home. I mean, unbelievable, isn't it? And they're playing well again this year. So it's pretty cool. Did you like that last year, the whole the the Selly thing, the Storm Surge? I loved it. It it brought people to the game. You 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 stay throughout the whole game to see what they're going to do next. A couple of them were hilarious. Uh, in March was the March Madness. They're playing basketball, running a play, and yeah. uh, it was just uh, it was so cool. And I I'm glad they're doing it again, and, and looking forward to see what they do next. It was fun to watch. There was a couple though that were duds. Like there was a couple like when the guys were flopping on the ice, like they're a fish. I was like, ooh, that's that's a tough one. <laughs> that's a tough one. But you know what they say, if you want big rewards, you got to take big risks, right? But uh, let's talk about the league a little bit because I actually haven't worked with you or talked to you really since the season started about about what's going on. We've seen a lot of players. Let's get Scott's thoughts going. Oh boy, you like that, Scott's thoughts. Perfect. Or Hardy's thoughts. No. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so lots of lots of players kind of calling out their teams, so to speak, to the media. You know, Stamkos early in the season with the Lightning saying, you know, we still think we're skilled enough to just get by every night. We got to play better defensively. Logan Couture calling out specific teammates really about a selfish shift. Say that ten times fast. <laughs> um, in one of their games, Evander Kane, same thing. Like, what kind of when a player does that as opposed to the coach? What's the difference in the dressing room? Well, I think Logan, he went to those players and said, hey, I'm going to go to the media. I'm going to say this. So I think he did it the right way, where as if he just came out and said, you know, this guy's playing bad. He's taking too long of shifts. He's, you mm-hmm. know, he's staying out on the power play too long. Um, that's where I kind of get that uh, anger in the dressing room, that kind of, right. you know, bickering, I guess, back and forth. But um, when you're winning, Everything's great, right? Yeah. When you're losing, that's when things start to happen. So it, it's a tough for a leader, for you know, a player, even a coach, to call out his players because you're not sure how they're going to react. So uh, you got to tiptoe that line uh, very carefully because some guys. Go I feel to- like it's got to be like a thin line too because it's. I mean, you guys are all super competitive athletes. That's why you're playing in the best hockey league in the world. So if you're not playing well, you already know it. Super. First super, of all. Super. What? I'm calling you out right now. What are we calling me out on? This is super duper. Super. Do I say super a lot? A lot, yep. All right. Well, you know what? You call me out. We'll see how many hockey cliches come out this episode and uh, see who comes little, out on top of the end. check mark. Oh, you're check tra- mark. He's writing check marks down for as many times as I say super. All right. Um, what were we talking about? Now I lost my train of thought. Call, oh, calling out. And calling it's, out. It's like, tough. I would just think that athletes would be, if you already know you're playing poorly, and then someone tells you you're playing poorly, and then on top of that, talks to the media about how you or indirectly you are playing poorly, you're going to kind of get your back up a little bit. Yeah, but it's, it's true for a lot of these players. For, um, you know, the power play, the power play is brutal. Uh, John Tortorella, he's, uh, he just talked about the other day about his power play, how bad it is, how the players need to be mm-hmm. better, how the coaches need to coach better, and all that kind of stuff. But... Uh, it, it is a thin line, and people go the other way, right? You, you harp on somebody, he could totally just kind of vanish and say, get me out of here or whatever. But 
Um, you got to have thick skin to be a hockey player. You got to be able to take the criticism when you get it, and, and it's not always going to be rainbows and butterflies, that's for sure. It's a good point that you bring up that different people are motivated in different ways. So, for you as a player, were you, did you thrive when someone was hard on you, or were, did you thrive through conversation or maybe encouragement? What worked for Scott Hartnell? Uh, I like the encouragement part. You know, when, when you're struggling, uh, it was always nice to go back and, and look at some of the good plays that you've done in the past. Obviously, kind of build yourself up, and, and you're like, and it's, I guess, when you're playing hockey and you don't have the touch or it's not going in, you kind of get hard on yourself. But right. to, to go back to those good thoughts, and uh, I am a good player, you know, simply just telling yourself positive encouragement for yourself. You get back on the schneid and you get going, you, get, uh, you start filling that net. Yeah, and especially like even when you hear coaches talking to the media or calling their team out as a whole, I always wonder how that goes because for every coach it's different, right? Like with Todd McClellan, he's a new coach in L.A., right? This is his first, his first yep. year there. He's out there saying some guys aren't ready to play in this league. I got to think that has a different reaction than someone that's been coaching that same group of guys for a season or two seasons. Well, that's one thing. He's trying to get a reaction from his players, right? And if they're not playing hard... Uh, they're not starting the games properly. You need to do something to, you know, light a fire on them yeah. to, to get them going. Well, so. light a fire. I mean, you played for Torts. we got to <laughs> talk about John Tortorella because I am, like, a huge Tortorella fan, supporter. Like, he does no wrong in my books, like, except maybe the trying to get into Calgary's dressing room. That was, like, the only time I was like, all right, Torts, like, turn cross it down. Line, yeah, you're crossing the line there. But when he talks, when he says what he thinks, I love it because it's – He's one of the few people that tells you what he's really thinking all the time, or he just doesn't talk to you. You played for him. What, without giving us the cliche PR answer, <laughs> what was it like playing for Tortorella? You know exactly where you stand with him. And for me, it was great. He came in. He leaned on me to be a, a veteran guy, um, to be there, you know, to get the team going, to play hard. He loved the way I played. And, you know, the next year, he had a philosophy of how he wanted the team to be, uh, be made up of, and I was right. kind of on the way out. And and for him, it was just what he believed, right? And he, you know, we had a, a very candid meeting after the season, and uh, <laughs> not to go into too many details, but he just he basically said, "I don't think you're going to be playing next year for this team." Um, there's not, you know, and it kind of hurt my feelings. Of course. And, I, and I, I went to him. I said, "You know what? I really appreciate it that you are man enough to tell me to my face that I'm not going to be in your lineup next year. So let's kind of work on." Trying to get out of this bad situation, I don't. It puts you in a better spot, right? Because then you can say, "Okay, <clears throat> this is this is the hand. I don't like it, but at least I know in advance, and I can try to figure out something else." And, th and there's a lot of coaches that would have been like, you know, "Hey, have a good summer, and you know, work hard, and maybe you'll make the lineup." You can't you know? see Scott at home right now <laughs> if you're listening to this, but he's like doing the old way to go, go kid, go, to go, have go a good him, summer, champ. and you've got a good good shot next year. And so for for me, it gave me motivation that you know. Screw you, Torts. I'm going to come back and I'm going to make another team and I'm going to, you know, be a good player for that team. And because you could have had me on this team, whatever, right? So it's, right. it gives you motivation, whatever. But um, a lot of coaches would have just said, "Hey, go out there and and uh, you know, good luck trying to make the team." Where he basically said, "You're not playing for my team," and it hurt, obviously. And of course, you know, I played 16 years prior to that that meeting, and I was like, you know, maybe I am done. And just so you kind of all these things kind of go through your head, I guess. But um, if he didn't do that. I would, you know, still be in a healthy scratch for the Columbus Blue Jackets. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. it's, so it, it is what it is. But no, Torts is 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 so good. He's so good at motivating. He's, you know, 
I don't know. It's just he's it an amazing like, guy. It sounds like you guys had a very open and honest relationship, for better or worse. You guys ever get in like a big screaming match ever? Oh yeah, yeah, a couple times. Really? Yeah, yeah. we had a couple closed door meetings. Uh, him I and I. I would think most people don't <clears throat> talk back to him. I, I mean, if you're a younger player. Yeah. Yeah, younger, you don't want to get on his bad side, <laughs> that's for sure, because he's your coach and you want to be in his good books. But, you know, there was one time where he was just really getting negative, negative about the, the way we were playing. We kind of lost a few games, and, and we had a meeting the next day, mm -hmm. you know, the whole team in the locker room. And he said, what's going on with you guys? And I, you know, I kind of stood up and I said, Torres, I think, I think you're the problem right now. <gasps> and he's You like, said that to yeah, John Torrella? Yeah. And I said, you are so negative. You, everything we do is negative. We can't make a pass. You're this, you're that. Because you guys were struggling. Yeah, yeah. And, and he goes, he goes, oh, I appreciate that, Scotty. I have been a little. And so anyways, he can realize that and be like, you know, I when have When you have so something negative. constructive to say, because yeah. you were just saying, listen, we get it. Things are not going well, but the negativity constantly isn't helping. And he appreciates the truth, right? And he knew that he was kind of going down this path, so we kind of tried to nip it in the butt. And obviously, other guys said things, and uh, we kind of turned it around and whatever. But it's just, uh, if I didn't say that, you know, I would have been, you know, man, I wish I would have stuck up to him one time, right? Like, so kind of, <laughs> kind of, that was it's my kind of. badge of honor. I was for feeling you. good that day anyway. So when I went home, I called, I think I called my, my dad, and we always talk hockey, and I said, yeah, I basically told. Uh, where to go and how to get oh, there, right? Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> so we had a good laugh That's about such it. a bragging right, for sure. <laughs> like, you know, I stood up to torts today. It's not a big deal. But uh, that's actually really funny. You told a story to me um, earlier today, or maybe it was yesterday, about Yarmo Kekalainen. Do you want to share that story? Yeah. Because well, that's Tortorella-related, too, a little bit, and yeah. I think it's kind of funny. Well, Torts is working here for the NHL Network. Yeah. And uh, it was the beginning of the season, uh, I don't know, a few years ago. And now we started 0-8. Um, you know, was there going to be a coaching uh, coaching change that day, or whatever? And, and so I think it was after like game six, and he's walking around with his iPad, and it was on, and um, you know, with the landscape, and then you turn it sideways, and yeah, it goes. Yeah, I think the, it the just portrait, has a life of its is. own sometimes. <laughs> yeah, the iPhone. and the the highlight of the um, of the thing was new coach. Tortorella was, <laughs> and the first name was Tortorella. So, anyways, we talked about it after that game. We're like, oh man. We're getting John Tortorella. We have to win this next game. Like we don't, <laughs> we don't want him to coach. You know, we know how hard he is, how crazy. We he don't is. want him coming in on a loss. And so, anyways, uh, we end up losing like the next game or two games, and and he came in sure enough, and and we were just like, oh man. And so, anyways, he like, uh -oh. grinded us. The uh, practices are so hard with this guy. It was, it was ridiculous. But he uh, turned it around, and they've had like four good seasons yeah, with him. So it's, yeah. It's, and Great he's, coach. He's got one of my favorite quotes this season, too. Well, we're supposed to suck, right? I was like, yeah, you tell him, Torres. You tell suck. him. Yeah, I love it. I always got time for John Tortorella. One of my dream segments. I'm going to put it out there, even though like someone could steal it. I want to get John Tortorella on this podcast, and I want to do a life coach segment with Torts. And I'll just give him like maybe some real situations in my life, maybe some made-up situations, and just be like, what would you do XYZ, with this? XYZ, yeah. what, what would you do? And, and just get some uh, motivation and advice from Torres. I'll send you his number. I got his number. So. <gasps> you see? see? This <laughs> is the real you. reason I I'm wanted you on you. here. It's like, <laughs> this is my connection to Torts. There this is go. how I make it happen. But uh, yeah, hopefully we'll get Tortorella on the show one of these days. But today we do have a celebrity of a different kind. Much, much easier to look at uh, than Tortorella. Camille Caustic, you've seen her on the cover of Sports Illustrated. You've seen her in the Boston sports scene. She was on Stanley Cup Live last year, a show we did uh, on Facebook. All right, Camille, what is up? You are our first celebrity guest on Puck Culture. We're so excited to have you. How are you doing today? Thanks for doing this. 
my gosh, you guys, congratulations. Podcasts are my favorite because I usually am the one to talk everybody's ear off. I think it's only a matter of time that I'm going to try to have my own. <laughs> but it's so, <laughs> fun. it's so much fun well, um, joining everybody else's podcast. So thanks for having me. <laughs> oh, it's, it's always a pleasure for us. We had you on a couple shows last year with the NHL, and you were fantastic. And if you ever do decide to launch a podcast amongst the million other things that you are doing, uh, we will certainly subscribe. <laughs> that is for sure. But we had to get you on because you're this is about you guys. <laughs> yeah, like there's no pressure being our first guest on this massive podcast. She's so. setting the bar, and she's going to set know, it. No pressure, no pressure. Yeah, you're going to set the bar high. I have no doubt. But I love it because you know you're so known in the football world with the NFL. But like you're you're a legit hockey fan. I have witnessed it firsthand. So tell our listeners kind of how you came to love the game of hockey. Absolutely. So, I mean, first and foremost, I, I mean, if you, I think if you ask many sports fans, maybe I'm wrong, so I'll speak for myself, but I love a game of action. I like the fighting. I like tackling. <laughs> so, first and foremost, hockey and football are my two favorite sports to watch. Um, to play, can't relate. Um, I don't play hockey and I don't play football, but backyard hockey, ice hockey, knee hockey, um, street hockey, you name it, I'm involved. As far as NHL, I'm just going to watch. Um, but I love the action. So I, I was drawn to that from watching it on TV. And then what brought it close to home is my little brother and my little sister grew up in um, the hockey rink. So I grew up going to the games, grabbing the nachos, watching it, bundling up, and um, just being in on all the action. So um, I learned what a hat trick was at a young age because my brother was pretty good on the ice as a right wing. Um, <laughs> and you know, as I grew older and grew a love for watching the sports and then, you know, going to the action, um, those are my those are my two my two go tos. That's awesome. I was just gonna ask you, were you a rink rat? I, I loved <laughs> when I was a young kid, I loved going and tagging on my mom's arm. Hey, can I have a dollar? I wanna go to the concession and buy some five cent candy. Oh, so you that I was one I was like, I don't think I've ever heard that term before, but as soon as you said hanging on my parents' arms, asking for those dollars to yeah. get Skittles and nachos. Like, oh, yeah. that was 100% me. Yeah. Did you guys have the candy machines that had those, like, 10-cent chews? They were, like, pink and blue gums, and they were hard as rocks. A because sour. They were a little, little bit sour. Yeah. That was always my, my go-to thing at the rink when I was watching my sister play hockey was, was getting those. I but actually are bringing me back. I used to play Pac-Man when the line was too long and then I would go over and they would have a claw machine for some of the candies and sometimes I'd waste my money in there too. <laughs> yes. Classic. And she likes oh video God, games. She just fun. gets cooler. She just gets cooler. That's great. Um, you mentioned there though street <laughs> hockey. So Camille Costic, did you ever play street hockey like just out in the neighborhood with the with the neighbors and your siblings? Oh, yeah. I lived yeah, I grew up um I you know I'm on the go. I'm a city I'm I'm can't say I'm a city girl. I'm in the city a lot, but I actually grew up in a really, really small town in Connecticut, Dead End Street. It was awesome. It was like all the parents agreed to just get pregnant at the same time and have kids because <laughs> it was like baby booming nation in my neighborhood. And we had the biggest backyard and the longest driveway. So we were like the go-to drive your bike, come up to our house and set up for the day. So we would have, um, yeah, we played roller hockey on either the cul-de-sac of our street or up in our driveway. And, um, I was in rollerblades and, you know, one of those kids who didn't want to, you know, 
wanted to be cool, so didn't wear the knee pads and the helmets. So I got banged <laughs> up pretty quickly as a kid playing playing street sports like that. Yeah, I love I was, that. I, I was, I was cool, involved. so I didn't wear the protective gear. It's amazing. Were you like a scorer? Were you, did you play goalie ever? Did you watch the Mighty Ducks movies no, I was back never in goalie. the day? You always put my brother in there as goalie or one of the one of the older boys in the block. They were always goalie, um, and I just like to score. Pass okay. Score. Let everyone like I'm either the I either assist or I'm I score. Okay. That was that. I just played all near the net. <laughs> oh, I like that. I like that. That's a good that's a good style of game. I like that. Um, did you ever watch the Mighty Absolutely. Ducks movies? Back in the day? I have, of course. Yeah, like, did you ever try the knuckle puck? I was obsessed with the <laughs> knuckle puck playing street hockey when I was a kid. Like, I always just wanted to do it with the rubber puck. Um, okay, so I'm one of those people, I'm going to be completely honest, I could have just faked everybody out, but I'm one of those people who's watched the Mighty Ducks, but, like, in bits and pieces. And yes. then if you're referencing it, it's been years ago, so I don't even know what that is. Okay, okay, so it's... Why it's, don't you explain the knuckle puck to me? I'm, I am blanking on the actor's name right now, but he's on Saturday Night Live now. Keenan Thompson, that's his name. So his character in... Oh, yeah. First of all, it's in D2, so it's not in the original Mighty Ducks. That might be why you don't know it. But he flips... Like the or I'm, one, but I'm, I'm the worst, though. I'm one of those people that's like, I don't know what that is. And then if you showed it to me, I'd be like, oh, my gosh, I know what this is. Yeah. Like, this is one of those things. I can't even fake it right now on your podcast. And also, shout out Keenan. He's the one who actually, um, he made so many Mighty Duck references during the NHL Awards. Um, How good past- was he? He was amazing, but it was so, everyone was loving it because he was making so many Mighty Duck references that, you know, at first there's a lot of people watching and are like, what's Keenan doing hosting the awards? And then you, you remember the Mighty Duck reference and you're like, this is perfect fitting. And on top of it, he's a great personality, SNL, like he, he, he brought in the crowd. Scott, what did awesome. you, what, Scott, what did you think of uh, Keenan Thompson? I, was, I, I thought he was maybe I the best it. ever. I was, I was giggling the whole time. He was, he had me just laughing on my TV. So he did a great job. And, uh, you know, speaking of the awards, uh, when you did, your segment with Anderson Whitehead uh, bringing him up there. I watched it this morning again, and I was in absolute tears watching watching him come up, uh, him giving a hug to Carey Price, and I don't know how you held it together when you were up there speaking. How did you hold oh it together? Because I was just, I was crying basically by myself in I the hotel room. I think a lot of people were. Oh my God. Well, you know, actually, thank God for dress rehearsal. Um, I, I kind of got got my tears out and, and, you know, my quivering voice out through there. Um, and then it was, it was actually very hard for me to hold it together. So shout out to my acting skills that I've been working on a lot. <laughs> I was able to just deliver the speech and let it be Anderson's moment rather than like an ugly cry face moment for me. Um, but that was, that was like, I had no idea what I was in for until I showed up that day. I got to be honest. I was a little skeptical to agree to do the NHL awards because as we know, I was at the Stanley Cup and involved with a few of those big games through um, the playoffs. And then I, um, you know, I agreed to do the awards and then the Blues won. So I didn't, I was like, you know, am I going to be presenting an award to Blues players? <laughs> like, I don't, you know, what, what is the, what am I, what am I getting involved in now that, you know, the Bees took a loss for the Stanley Cup and, um, Little did I know, it was an absolute blessing and honor to have continued to go forth in agreeing to being a part of it because when I went backstage that morning and I got my script, you know, minutes before rehearsal and it was like four pages long and I was like, oh my gosh, this is like, this is like a four minute, five minute long 
speech. This isn't just a presentation of an award. And when I had read the backstory and they explained it to me and told me that Carrie was going to be coming out and they were like, you can hang out with Anderson Whitehead all day if you'd like um, to make this um, a little bit more personal because it is going to be such a personal um, recognition later on tonight. Um, we can introduce you to him and you can spend time with the family, which is exactly what I did. And, um, you know, I got choked up reading the script and then I did dress rehearsal. I got choked up. Um, and we, I actually couldn't even fully go through with it because Anderson and his family were sitting in the audience watching rehearsal. Um, and, yeah, so I got to meet him, hang out with him for a little bit. And then the rest of the night, him, myself, and Carrie were all together. And That's his amazing. dad and some of the other family members. It was it was such a moving time. And I had no idea what I was about to be a part of um, yeah, going it, into that. So it, it was it was amazing. It was easily the most emotional moment of the entire awards for sure. And and what really struck me was that later in the night, I was backstage after presenting something else, and I saw Anderson back there still with Carrie Price like an hour later. And I think yeah. it hit yeah. me right because I, I thought obviously I thought it was a really nice moment and a nice gesture before that. But Carrie Price was going, you know, just be above and beyond to hang out with this kid and make sure he had a good time. It wasn't, you know, for show. It wasn't the the four minutes on stage and then see you later. Like Carrie Price and you, you know, spent a lot of time with this kid. And I think it, it just shows how many good people are involved in sports and take the time to make sure the people that are going through things like that are taken care of as best as we can. And, and it was it was one of the best stories of the year last year for sure. It was, I completely agree. And they were, they spent so much time together. If I didn't have a flight out, I probably would have stayed with the two of them longer. But it was, it was awesome to see that. Um, Cause I, I had never met Carrie either. And so it was, it was super incredible to see the way that community and sports kind of bring everybody together, especially at tough times and to see um, what a genuine guy Carrie was behind the scenes made, made everything with this presentation even greater. But actually, um, Anderson has an Instagram account, and him and I are still connected, and we talk all the time. Oh, oh really? He always wants to know what's going on. <laughs> He's like, he always checks in. He asks if I remember him. He's like, can you give a shout-out for me and my classmates? So we um, we still keep in, That's keep in so touch. That's so cute. So I'm sure I'll send him the link to this podcast, and he'll yes. be like, yeah. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. That's incredible. Shouting him out yeah. right now. He's and got an Instagram account. You hear these stories of, of hockey players, athletes, or whatever, but – uh, there's so many stories that don't get the credit that what Carrie did mm -hmm. uh, for Anderson and, and his family and uh, what you did, Camille. So, you know, hats off to you guys. Just really cool. Yeah. Awesome. On a lighter note, though, Camille, I have to follow up with you about the awards red carpet because we interviewed you and I was like, you look great because you did. And you were like, well, this is my backup oh my outfit. God, yeah. I had a wardrobe like thing like mm -hmm. I think it was a broken zipper or something. Anyways, you looked exactly. fantastic. <laughs> I word on the Thank street. You. I was just told this that apparently there was like some criticism of your outfit or something. What's what's the story? With I was the just going to bring outfit? it up. You weren't. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it's just like, honestly, I can't even raise my eyebrows to it because I was unfortunately expecting it. Um, I feel I, I mean, there's this saying that I live by. It's called, um, so it's, it's, what do you call it? Like those memes, those like little things that go viral where there's a photo to a phrase um, sure. that go around the internet. For those who don't know, it's this photo, if you can picture it, it's this photo of a, like a silhouette person walking on top of water. And in the saying with the photo, it says, um, you can walk on water, 
haters will say it's because you can't swim. So when you think about that, it's like no matter what you do, even if it's absolutely incredible and there you think there's nothing bad to say about it, something will find someone will find something bad to say about it. So you can walk on water, haters will say you can't swim. In that situation, what happened was I had this custom made dress. I was so excited. It was one of those things like as a girl you'll understand, or even as a guy, you could have a suit or an outfit or something you've been saving for that special moment. And this is a dress I was hanging on to, custom made, one of a kind. I designed it with this amazing designer named Olivia. Um, and I saved it for this award event. And Five minutes before, you know, I did hair and makeup. The last thing you do before you go down to anywhere for an event is you put the dress on so that you don't spill anything on it, you don't get makeup on it, whatever else. So we go and we zip it up. The zipper's a little stuck, and it completely ripped open. The zipper was super long down through my butt. So <laughs> there was no – it wasn't just like a little pin in the top part of my back. It was, like, completely open. I couldn't – it couldn't be fixed. That's devastating. Um, so – yeah, and it was one of those times that I just kind of flew in from L.A. really quick. Um, I was just like, oh, you know what? I'll just bring this outfit, this crop top, and these black pants. Um, on a, I don't even know why I packed them. Um, it was like a sign that my dress was going to break open. But I will agree that it wasn't, even I say it, that it was not my, it wasn't my first choice, and it wasn't even my backup choice. It just happened to be in my bag that, I used it as a backup. So for those who haven't seen it that are listening, I was supposed to wear a beautiful dress that went down to my ankles, um, well, you all rocked covered it up anyway. to the body. And <laughs> what's that? I said you rocked it anyway. Yeah, I was going to say, for anyone <laughs> listening you. that didn't see it, she looked wonderful. So I, lo I love the outfit for what it's worth. But uh, we got Halloween yeah, coming so up. Speaking of outfits, yeah. uh, do you and Gronk have, have a couple costume planned? I know you probably don't want to spoil what it is, but maybe maybe a hint what you guys, what are you thinking for Halloween? So Rob and I won't be together on Halloween, which I'm a little bit bummed about because I've been dying all these years to do couples costumes. But obviously, you know, before he was retired, Halloween was never really on his radar or like something he had time for because it's head into football. Um, so it's like, oh, and you know, in the list of things, I'm like, what can we do in the off season um, or his long off season now that he's retired? Um, I thought that maybe a couple costumes would be one of those things. But um, he's going to be in another state while I'm in um, New York City for Halloween this year. But I'm heading to um, Heidi Klum's Halloween party tomorrow night in New York City. So um, I haven't revealed what I'm being yet, but my hint will be okay. um, that is, it is a icon in the model acting world. Um, she is no longer with us, so she is um, not a living legend, and she is just someone that I have admired her body and her work ethic and the way that she's broken the molds in the industry, um, and her name starts with an M. Ah, I called okay, it. Yeah. I called it. Hartsey was, our Hartsey <laughs> was mouthing a guest to me right there yes. uh, as you were speaking. It sounds like it's going to be amazing. Yes. No big deal. Heidi Klum party. <laughs> That's the life of Camille Costic right now. Honestly, I, I can't act, like, too cool about it because I am 100% fangirling. Um, <laughs> I admire Heidi. I actually got to meet her during um, New York Fashion Week for the first time and take a photo with her. And I don't fangirl often, and I was so nervous. And then to get this invite this year is um, pretty incredible. So I'm a little nervous for this one. Um, I'm going to meet some icons in there. So I... I um, I was no pressure had to figure out how to do my Halloween costume because Heidi Klum blows it out of the water. I mean, her, she, everyone looks forward to Halloween to see her costumes. Um, so 
It's my favorite It'll holiday. I love it. Everyone Absolutely loves love Halloween. It. Come on. Halloween's so much fun. All right. Well, I'm going to keep an eye out on your Instagram for the photos from Heidi Klum's Halloween party. But before we let you go, oh, uh, let our viewers know what's going on. Where can they see you? What are you working on right now? I know there's a lot because I follow you on social media. But uh, give the viewers the goods about uh, what's going on in life with Camille right now. Perfect. So you guys know that probably my, my biggest accolade of the year is being on the cover of Sports Illustrated since it this year. So if you don't have one, go get one on stands now. Your girl Camille is on the cover this year. Um, super pumped. Took me like 12 years to finally manifest and work for the stream. So I'm pumped about that. Um, the next thing that I have is um, for 2020, which I'm super passionate about, is I will be going around to a lot of um, college universities, not only in the Northeast, but around the world this year, um, to talk about body image and self-acceptance, confidence, manifesting your life. Um, so if I'm coming to a school near you, even if you don't go to college, you can come on in and check it out. Um, that's probably my, my biggest passion project and thing that I'm most excited about for next year is the university tour. Um, I have a jewelry line out right now called the Camille Collection. So if you're looking for a Christmas present, go check it out. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, a lot of things in the works. I'm in a new movie coming out July 3rd, 2020 with Ryan Reynolds called Three Guys. So that's for next summer, um, my first big movie debut. But that would be it. And, and for, Good for you. For that would awesome. be it. She's, that's it? Nothing else? <laughs> 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 she is nothing if not busy uh, and she's also as cool as she is beautiful thanks for coming on the show we appreciate oh, the time congratulations on all the success your initiative for 2020 thank you. Thank is you. not only necessary but uh, I respect that you're taking the time to do that too because I think kids right now need to hear it they need that positive uh, message especially in terms of body image so good luck with everything we'll yeah. keep an eye out for the thank movie you. with Ryan Reynolds who by the way is also a hockey fan and uh, if the Bruins get back to the Stanley Cup playoffs and the final, I'm sure we will be seeing you uh, in the hockey mix again very shortly. Yes, I will be back. I will be there. I'll be rooting on, cheering, cheering from the from the stands. Absolutely. Thanks, Camille. Thanks, Camille. Bye. See you guys. I honestly have a girl crush on Camille Caustic. Like she's so cool. cool. She's very a cool, cool chick. I love it. I love it. Um, all right, Halloween. You were you were instantly guessing what her costume is. Marilyn. And you're clearly right. Monroe. There's only, and you say that her name starts with M. It's like, well, clearly, it's the one and only, right? Well, we'll have to see, right? We'll have to see. Hopefully, she posts about it. I think, I think uh, <laughs> she'll definitely be posting on the gram from her Heidi Klum party. But we do have Halloween tomorrow. We have seen some fantastic costumes already from players around the league. The team Halloween party has become almost like an event on the calendar that fans look forward to, I think, because back in the day, there was no social media. So you wouldn't really see stuff. No. Now, you know what everybody's dressing up as. Not only the fans look forward to it, the players look forward to it. Yeah, you look for a couple days, uh, you know, the week before, two weeks before yeah. Halloween, where you get dressed up, your, your mind's thinking, okay, what am I going to be? You have, you have a girlfriend or not? Or the single guys go together? What How are we going to be? How much does the girlfriend have a say in the costume if you are married or otherwise engaged <laughs> in a in a relationship probably majority of the <laughs> just like in everyday Fair. life everyday decisions they have the the majority of the say but spoken like a happily <laughs> married man there you go wise um no i just i always look forward to it and you know to get together and just to see the creativity of of some of the guys uh, um, that have done it so it's it's awesome were you on the team on the preds when benino dressed up as the autograph seeker yeah. were you there for that yeah. okay did he really fool you guys did anyone know a hundred percent so we had this uh, great setup it was on broadway downtown nashville um and nick benino and his wife lauren dressed up as autograph seekers and 
Um, when the guys get off the bus, they're going to the hotel, they're going to the game, the autograph seekers, they, they have their papers out and, you know, hockey cards right. to sign, and all that kind of stuff. And they literally dressed up, they kind of incognito, uh, Lauren, his wife, dressed up as a man, and she had like a, you know, marker beard on her. And, yeah. and, and literally, the guys were walking into the party and a couple of them were like, how'd you guys find out that our party was down here? And they would sign the autographs and go on up. They're like, man, did you see that autograph seeker down there? And we're all howling from upstairs because each guy came in at a different second, like right. a different minute. And they got all of them. Uh, one or two guys like, Bones, is that you? And, and kind of called him out. And uh, You had no idea, though? No, I, I was there first before they got there. So I didn't oh, actually okay. get uh, tricked by them. But... Um, just very genius, uh, one of the coolest uh, costumes that I've seen. I love that. You've got, we could talk Halloween with you all day. You've got so many stories, <laughs> but one that you told me I thought was pretty funny. So tell, this is, this is Preds related too. So yep. tell us, tell us that my, story. My first year in Nashville, uh, my nickname was LB Bird Dog. Because I look like Larry Bird. That's what they're saying. Who you dressed like, up as? I'm like the legend, of course. I'll I'll, I'll go with, I'll go with that. So, anyways, I went. We went Boston. That's where I scored my first NHL goal, actually. And went up to the team store with the Celtics. Got a Larry Bird jersey. Got the short shorts, the sne old sneakers. Um, poofed out my hair. And anyway, at our party that we had, we had it with coaches and management. And every once in a while, this guy, you know, with this whole mask on and big goblin uh, outfit would come in and wouldn't say anything and would just kind of hang out with a group of four guys. And then I'd watch him and he'd go with the, that group of guys and see their families and stuff. And I'm like, this guy's creepy. Who is this? And then he'd come back again. And So you didn't know who he was? I thought he was one of the guys, you know. I'm like, I'm Were you like, annoyed by him? <laughs> yeah. And I was <laughs> like, I'm like, say something, you idiot. You know, like, I'm trying to get this guy to so you started chirping him. reveal his costume. I'm like, you know, not... Maybe some more curse words in there as well. Sure. But so, anyways, two hours later, I look over there and the goblin's mask is off, and it's David Boyle. <laughs> and you've been chirping him all night, my, telling him to beat it. My basically. boss is basically signing my checks to me, and I just told him to, you know, where to go and how to get there. And I was like, <laughs> and so I was like, reveal yourself. He was just making me so mad, I couldn't, I couldn't get there. So anyway, it was my boss, David Poyle. So I'm not sure if he remembers that, but I'll never forget it. You miss Halloween parties now that you're retired? I do. It's this, one of the. What are you and your wife doing? Uh, we're going trick-or-treating with our son. He's 17 months. He's going to be baby shark. I'm being daddy shark. And <laughs> nice. mama's being mama shark. So we got the whole outfits and we're going to be cruising. So we'll, Family we'll, outfit. I'll, I'll tweet you a video too with that. Yeah, I guess you can't go to the team parties <laughs> once you're retired, eh? Is that how it works? I, well, no. I wish I could, though. All your boys are like, sorry, pal, you're not on the team. It, you is, can't one of come. The, it is one of the saddest things because you, you don't have, you know, the group of friends that you have. All your hockey friends are in that city. Well, everyone so I, you know, I assume, exactly, right? for a 17-year career is somehow related yeah. to hockey for the most part. Uh, all right. Our final segment of our first ever episode of Puck Culture. Uh, we don't really have a name for it, but we're going to call it Swipe Left or Right. I'm going to give you topics. Um, if you are cool with that topic or if you're into it then you swipe right if you're not you swipe left um like tinder and all the dating apps neither of us are on those but we know how they work <laughs> um and i gotta give a shout out um to a segment i used to do that sort of inspired this idea or at least the swipe right swipe left which is sports tinder over at sportsnet radio my boy jd bunkus I just wanted to shout it out, so I give credit where credit's due. This was uh, sort of inspired by that. Um, similar, not exactly the same, but I'm going to throw out a topic and you swipe right or swipe left, okay? You okay. get it? Got it. All right. Easy enough. So first up, this week we saw Justin Bieber absolutely fanboying all over Instagram over Austin Matthews and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Are you in or out? Right. I think swipe it's cool. Swipe right. I he's, he's just a regular guy, people, and he loves the Leafs. 
Yeah. Let him be a hockey fan. People. You know what Come I on. think? You know what I think? I think Justin Bieber is good for the game. He's got 121 million 121 million followers that had Austin Matthews and the Toronto Maple Leafs plastered all over their feeds over the weekend. So I think the league probably gained a few new younger fans out there that are Bieber fans. Like, well, if Bieber likes the Leafs, I'm going to like the Leafs. Then I'm going to like the Leafs. If Bieber likes hockey, I'm going to like hockey. I am all about it. All right. Uh, We talked about this a little bit earlier, but Todd McClellan calling players on his team not NHL level. You swiping right or swiping left? I think it's very cool. You, You need to send a message. Swiping right all the way there. Okay, this is Bieber related. Selena Gomez, her new song is called Lose You to Love Me. People are going crazy over it. Have you heard it? I haven't heard the song. Okay, so you don't get to play. I will play. The song is not good. Everyone is saying the song's good. I'm swiping left. Ooh, ouch. It's not good. Suck on that, Selena. I'm sorry. I'm just, (laughs) I just don't think it's good. All right. Next up, one of the great things about social media is we get to see teammates interacting with each other, right? So last week, Anders Lee, captain of the New York Islanders, tweeted out, you know, just want to shout out Johnny Boychuk, you know, got his 200th point, might get lost in the shuffle (laughs) a little bit, hashtag proud of you. So for Johnny Boychuk, 200 points, the, the way that he plays is good. So Boychuk responds and had a little bit of a typo or a grammatical error and said, no, you're our the first. Thanks, buddy, whatever. Well, the Grammar Police account on Twitter, which has got thousands and thousands of followers, responded to Johnny Boychuk and explained to him the difference between <laughs> your, your with an apostrophe between the, the U and the R-E. Like, it basically explained to him how to use the English language, to which he responded, <laughs> that why I is a player of the game hockey. <laughs> and think, I'm so into it. I think it's so funny. People on, on Twitter think they're... So sweet. People are are funny on it, and uh, Boychuk saying that is just priceless. I, I've met him a couple times, but his humor is awesome. I would love to have been one yeah. of his teammates. For I got sure. no, I got no time for the grammar police. Like, first of all, half the time, half the time I'm doing anything on my phone, I'm using the voice activation. Like, like my texts make no sense whatsoever, 99% of the time. Uh, all right, got to ask you about the Rage Room in Philly. You played there for a few years. What do you think of the Rage Room? I, I love smashing windows, smashing cars. You know, especially the other team, especially when it's Pittsburgh Penguins coming into the, the Flyers arena there, uh, smashing out. I, I think it's cool. I'm swiping right. Okay. Get, get the anger out. Why all not? right, all right. I wonder if you have to sign a waiver to do so the don't rage get room. It's actually Probably. My, uh, my little nephew in Nashville, they, they have the car painted out oh, there yeah, with the yeah. Jets thing, and, you know, everyone gets a smack at it. My nephew came down for the playoffs, and he got the sledgehammer, and, you know, not strong. He How was old is your nephew? 11 or 12 at the okay. time. And he smashed it, and the thing bounced back and, like, cut his finger, <gasps> and he did sign a waiver before that, so, or else he could have. Sue the got some, predators. Could have got some <laughs> cash money out of the situation. All right, last but not least, the – oh, I can choose between these two. Let's go with the lacrosse goal from Sveshnikov last night. You into that? Some people were, like, upset about this on Twitter. I think it's so cool. Okay. Right. Listen, if you can show off skill in the game and score a goal, then why wouldn't you? To even think to do that when you're behind the net is one thing. You, usually you're looking for a pass, but the way he did it and top shelf, there was about – I don't know. How many attempts would Scott Hartnell need to pull that off? A lot. <laughs> <laughs> Ever in a real game or only practice? Oh, I tried it. It takes takes maybe 10 tries to get it up. Uh, um, Just in practice, you w- mean? With friction tape on there, too, which is like very <laughs> sticky, so the puck actually sticks to it, and you can kind of do a lot of things on it. But what he did was absolutely incredible. Um, you know, guys have tried it in the past, haven't uh, succeeded, but uh, really cool. Okay, all right.
One more. We can't have former players on here without them telling a story. You guys can brag about a lot of things. We heard Camille semi, you know, bragging a little bit about the Heidi Klum Halloween party. So this is your chance to tell us an awesome story based on the fact that you got to play in the NHL. You got to meet a lot of cool people. And next week, we're going to see if our analyst next week can one-up your story. So you're setting the bar here, Heartsey. Can so I set think of a good story. Let me think here. I was on a movie. I was on a movie. <laughs> <laughs> a Judd Apatow movie, too. That's true. That's, uh, you get extra points for that, yeah, I think. We were on uh, This Is 40. It was shot during the lockout year, um, but we filmed in the summer, and it was probably one of the longest days of my life. Uh, we had to be dressed up in our suits. Wasn't the scene like 45 seconds? Maybe over a minute. Don't, don't sell me short <laughs> You're like, there. don't call me no one-minute man. It was come longer on, than that. Come on now, for sure. <laughs> and so we were dressed, ready to go on set at 7 in the morning, and we filmed basically nonstop. We had stopped for lunch and dinner and stuff till 11 p.m. that night. It was 16 hours. It was incredibly long but incredibly cool. And so my funny story about that, it was... Uh, our scene that we were talking, we were in a bar and, you know, the people are dancing and, you know, I thought there'd be it's music. It's a club scene. Yeah, so it's all audio, right? So anyways, they'd start, you know, playing the music and then they'd switch the, the music off, right? And wait, so there was no actual music? No, and everyone in the background, you're like, you got to act like you're dancing. And, wait, wait, you know. wait, hold on, hold on. I need to clarify for a second. For a scene where you have to dance, there was no real music playing? Not, well, for the audio parts, the music. Okay. But for the dance part, yes, there was music. So for the dance part, yes, but once the dialogue started, yes. there's no real music. But people have to act like the song's going on in the background. No, this is, is big. This is huge. This is groundbreaking, actually, because it explains why people in the background of those dialogue scenes look like morons. They look like the, the dancing is awful the because they have no actual beat to dance to. So I, I didn't really get it. It was my first uh, movie I, set, Why people. is nobody else? Like, we have people in the studio right now <laughs> listening to this, and they don't look as blown away as, as I am by this right now. But I'm sorry, because I'm detracting from your story. No, but so it's just, I can't believe that. It's just like, you know, I was sitting here, and all the cameras are on the backside of Leslie Mann and okay. Megan Fox, right? And, and they're no talking to us. So there's like four or five cameras, and they're getting us hockey players our faces, right? Right. So, uh, one of the first questions uh, uh, Megan asked me, like, hey, where, uh, where are you from? And we're like, oh, I'm from Philadelphia, you know, we play the Kings or whatever. And, and blah, 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 we go through all the questions, go back and forth, we're laughing. We pass Megan Fa uh, Fox the, the teeth that she put in her mouth or whatever, and they're like, okay, cut. You know, everyone goes to their, wherever they go for a half hour, they switch all the cameras on the backside of us. So yeah. in that, you get that dialogue, you can get the, the, the actresses' faces. and and our backs, I guess, whatever. And so anyways, the first question to me, I was because I was on the right-hand side, is like, oh, so where are you guys from? And I like st I stared at Megan Fox, and I'm like, you idiot. Like, you just asked me that like an hour and a half ago. Like, why are you? So I froze there for like literally five seconds, and then uh, JVR right beside me is like, hey, we're from Philly. And I'm like, I'm like yeah, we just answered I'm like, you idiot. We just answered that, right? Yeah. Like, what are you doing? You're wondering what's happening. And then it was the same conversation. So it took me like three or four questions. I'm like, oh, this is how they do these movies. Like, I'm the idiot here. <laughs> so it was so funny. So I, then at the end, I was like, man, I think I just lost my what I said in there. They're going to put it to JVR and not me. And I was just I was so, so mad at myself for not being able to think like that. How cool was Judd Apatow? He was awesome. He was so funny. He was kind of, you know, giving people one-liners and uh, just an incredible man. And, you know, we were dancing and all that kind of stuff. And I so heard his wife's cool. Leslie Mann is amazing. She, yeah. was, she was so sweet. Um, 
you know, we even asked for a couple beers so we could loosen up before our dance scene and yeah. and all that kind of stuff. But he he didn't oblige. He didn't get us some beers. But so we had to do that stone sober. So. All right, really quick, Megan Fox, cool. She can I plead the fifth? She no was, comment. She, okay, we'll go. We'll she wasn't take the that. nicest person, but you know that's that's her business. That's yeah. her work. Maybe she was dialed in something else. But fair um, enough. Everyone else was super awesome. Or maybe she heard you be like, "You idiot!" in your head. She like read your <laughs> mind. She knew you didn't know what was going on. But that's exactly. a good. That's a good starter for our one upper segment. Uh, Scott, this has been fun. I'm glad you are our first guest because you're chill, yeah, you're laid it. back, the fans love you. I wanted to get some questions in from the fans. Over, under on how many times you've fallen in one game. That was one question from a fan. Ten, depending how long the game was. In if one went, game. Probably. I like it. I respect it. Hashtag Hartnell down. Uh, you can see Scott Hartnell on NHL tonight on the NHL Network on nights that there are games and game action. You can find me on NHL now, 4 to 6, Monday to Friday, 4 to 6 Eastern time on NHL Network. But Puck Culture is officially underway. Did you have fun? I did. That was a great time. Yeah. Send us your comments, your questions. Tell us what you're fired up about. And maybe we'll get to it on the next episode. Um, and we'll have more celebrities then as well. So make sure you follow us. Follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram, and you can find Puck Culture anywhere that podcasts are found. This has been A Slice. See ya.